What's the biggest obstacle to getting what we want? Limiting beliefs and expectations created by our past experiences. These limits create a subconscious attraction of what we don't want and block what we do want. But we can turn it all around with a powerful tapping tool called Faster EFT and leading edge law of attraction principles. In this podcast, life coach Mark Shahada explores both of these subjects with guests, as well as performs tapping demonstrations and sessions. Listen in and see for yourself how it all works. Welcome to the Tap It Out podcast. All right. All right. So I'm here with Grace Redman, and uh, I want to talk about her new book and talk about this journey that she's been on, that you've been on. Thank you. And I remember we went out to dinner recently and I had all so many questions about the process in your book. And I said, but I, I want to save it for the podcast because I'm super curious on, you know, the, the process of you writing the book. And then you had some uh, health issues come up and I'd love to get into that with you. And then love to talk to you about, you know, our favorite subject, law of attraction and yes. how much I love your book, which is all about that, Thank you know, you. and it's, it's geared towards women. I mean, I'll, what I'll do is I'll read your, uh, your bio and then, you, and then you can tell me more about your book and, you know, and we can take it from there. Okay. Sounds great. All right. I'm happy to be here with you. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So Grace Redman is an entrepreneur who has owned and managed one of the most successful staffing firms in the Bay Area for over 20 years. She is also a success coach and the author of the best-selling book, Can I Live? Dare to Go From Effed Up to Fabulous. Grace works with ambitious, heart-centered women to help them elevate their confidence, optimize their talents, and increase their prosperity mindset. As a result, they create the fabulous life they have been dreaming of and inspire other women to do the same. Grace is also the host of Real Talk with Grace Redman, a podcast where she chats with amazing people from her circles and communities who have overcome challenges and created amazing. Grace loves celebrating and highlighting the heroes in her own backyard. Grace has faced many adversities. Adver- adversities. Those adversities didn't stop her from achieving personal and professional success. Through those adversities, she gained wisdom and experience. Yes, she has. She is intuitive, real, fun, and takes a realistic approach to coaching. She believes that we can create soul-centered, fulfilling lives and businesses without sacrificing ourselves or our relationships. She has a passion for inspiring ambitious women to dig deep and push beyond mediocrity. She is a visionary and has a wide range of methods and tools to guide those women to fabulous. Oh, gosh. I like that. I like that bio. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm like listening to that. I'm like, who is that? I know. I feel the same when someone reads my bio. I'm like. But I mean, I'm resonating with it and you. you inspire the shit out of me. Like, and I, I, you know, I just liked your video. I just, I saw your video earlier and I'm like, so badass that you're making these videos. And I'm thinking about the people 
who you're inspiring and helping these little tidbits that you do these videos that you keep going with these your podcast and the book which is if i can say i don't read like i'm very particular in the books i read especially when it comes to law of attraction but man um i loved how helpful it is and how deep that you go and how you organized it and then i love the little processes at the end such a helpful book thank you thank you thank you so much yeah so tell me about what it was like to uh to write that and the journey of of this you know the journey that you've been on for a little while now sure so can i tell them how we met no, 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 we can't do okay. that. Okay. No, let's do it. So, so when I started on my coaching journey, I was told to go and research coaches in the area. And so I naturally went to LinkedIn and I put coaches and, you know, this gentleman came up and Mark Shada. And I was like, oh gosh, he looks like um, one of my, you know, he could be my relative because that's, you know, that last name is in my mom's family. I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool to see another, you know, Palestinian coach. I was, I was like, super cool. Okay. And so then I go to my first, you know, coaching certification class and it was, um, our instructor was this gentleman named Luke, right? Shout out to Luke Benoit. Yeah, shout out to Luke. And he says to us, you know, one of my good friends is going to come in and is going to talk to us a little bit, you know, about what he does. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So next thing I know, his friend walks in and who do I see is I see you, you know, and I'm like, holy cow, that's the guy that I just, you know, looked up on LinkedIn. You sat down, did your spiel, you know, your, your presentation to us. And then I run up to him, like, I think we're cousins. And like, that story, I love it. It's so synchronistic and crazy. And then you're, you know, really instrumental because I hired you after that to help me through some of my own um, challenges. Like we did the tapping. And um, so I want to thank you. It was It was not a coincidence that we met. And then I, I also get to say that you're my cousin and like, we like how, what a crazy way to meet. Such a crazy story, right? And the universe, I mean, honestly, that's definitely, you know, a testimony to the universe, really. It, yeah, it really is. To getting these little things, because obviously, I think the more we buy into to this, the law of attraction, leading edge law of attraction principles, and how we can create our life and attract what we want, a lot of it just sounds out there. And can you believe it? What? And, and but when, when you have these little things like that, and you're like, all right, you know, there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. And the more that we can have uh, things like that, that can, you know, show us that it, it's really wor- it really out there and, and there's something going on there. And then I, I, I would say the same maybe for you is like you get excited about, you know, I get excited about this whole, uh, the subject of it. And I remember when I did first discovered it many years ago, my, my aunt, uh, sent me an Abraham Hicks workshop tape. Actually, it wasn't a workshop. It was just a general, that was like a basic tape. And I thought it was kind of weird and the channeling was weird and all that. I, I was young in my 20s and I was channeling, but I thought the information was amazing. Anyway, I set out to like really 
I really want to master because I tried it and you try different things, you know, trying to, to attract what you want, but sometimes that doesn't work out. So, so yeah. So the more things like that, what you just described happens, the more you just want to, I think, lean into it more and just use it in your life. And get, yeah, absolutely. And what I wanted to do, cause I, uh, I think got turned on to the law, which I've always read the secret from years ago. Yeah. But I was taught to succeed, you know, um, the hustle way, the 10x way, like, you know, the grind way. And it worked, you know, however, that completely um, burnt me out. And so when I got into coaching, you know, seven years ago to get certified as a coach, I was turned on to, you know, the spiritual community. And so I started to learn, you know, so much about energy and attracting. And it was in that time where I immersed myself in Abraham Hicks. And I I wanted to write a book that incorporated the practical and, you know, the principles, the spiritual, the laws of attraction that made it easy for someone to understand and didn't really make them run away from it because it was too woo woo. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I, that's been really clear in all of your content. Like, you know, and I really like that about you. I mean, so if we can back up a little bit, just when I met you, it was so cool. I've never met another Palestinian or Arab who was into this stuff like I was, and you were right there, you, you know, and we, we, and, uh, to get, you know, how long have I known you now? Seven, eight years. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. And I just, um, it, it's so cool. And to watch you and, and how you've, uh, studied and you're, you were always going to another workshop and, and so, you know, different modality and you're always learning and then your podcast and you do it weekly and, and it's just so cool to watch you, but yeah. Um, and then your book, thank you, which I, which I really love. And what I know Grace Redman who wrote this book that I love. (laughs) There is though. So it's it's funny because like you said earlier, so I wrote the book for, you know, the audience, you know, you know, for, for women. And so in the book, I would say, you know, I reference Hey girl. Um, and, but I realized I've been getting messages from my male friends and they're reading it and they're getting so much out of it. And so, I was like, you know, are you okay with me calling you girl throughout the book? And yeah. but I think what the most important thing is, you know, the concepts are are universal. Yeah. Um, you know, I know there's a chapter in there talking about the kind of the feminine and the masculine. And I was talking to one of my male friends and I said, you know, I, I know that maybe didn't resonate. However, what we came to the conclusion was it it helped him like recognize like how us late, you know, how we may think like he, it gave him a different perspective that he didn't get before. So um, I found that that was, that was super cool to hear him say, it gave him a different perspective that he didn't have before. Yeah. You know, I think, I think um, obviously men can be not as much into this stuff as women are, but I'm meeting more and more men and, it's, I mean, I read it and you kind of gave me that qualifier, like, oh, well, I'm gearing it towards women, but anyone who's into this stuff and anyone who wants to, anyone who's an entrepreneur or wants to increase their confidence, wants to learn more about, I mean, how would you explain it? Like who, who's your audience? Who, who, who can read, who, who would you want to read your book? I mean, initially when, anytime you begin on a journey of a 
writing a book or coaching, they tell you, you know, pick a niche, pick an audience. Yeah. And, you know, when I did that, my audience was, you know, it was geared towards women. Um, however, now if I think I, if I do something um, in the future, you know, maybe I'll, I'll do something a little bit different seeing, you know, the interest that um, my male friends and, and colleagues have had in the book. So that's my audience, but I've learned that whoever's meant to read or, or he listen to your materials going to, it doesn't matter, you know, what their gender is. I think it's just the message can resonate regardless of, of w- w- what your gender is. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think if it's geared towards women and, and men who are, who are inspired to read it and to, you know, to, to get into it, what can it give them? How can it help them? Sure. And you know what? There's so much information out there and there's so many books. And what I say is like, I really wrote this book from the heart and I talked about the concepts that worked for me. You know, they may not work for everyone, but these are the concepts that worked for me from my experience. So I didn't really put anything in there that I hadn't experienced myself. So this book is, you know, it's, it's real, it's honest. And it talks about the concepts that I used to kind of break out of dysfunction and to become healthier and to really, to do, to live a fabulous life. I do have a great life. And, you know, although I've come all this way, I still face challenges. However, I go back to those basic concepts. Like I'm not smarter than anyone else. I'm not better than anyone else. I'm not, you know, I don't have, the magic, you know, sauce, I just go back to the basics. Yeah. I I mean, that's, that's very evident in your content. And in this book, the idea that um, you're real and because there's this thing about, Oh, I'm a life coach. So I have, I can't, can't talk about my problems because I need to help them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this idea of being perfect or towards a guru or just, and I never wanted to do that. I, I and I love how real you are. Thank you. And sharing you sharing your challenges, which makes people relate more because you know everyone's got their stuff. Everyone does. Anthony Robbins does. Everyone does. <laughs> and we were raised. I mean, I know I was raised in an environment where you had to show up perfect. Like you could not let anyone know that there was anything going on. Like you had to just, everything's perfect. Everything's fine. And that's not reality. You know, even though we, 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 even though I live a great life, I still have challenges that I need to navigate. Um, You know, maybe they're first world challenges, but still it's my challenge. I'm not perfect. No one's perfect. And I don't want to show up and pretend like things are perfect. Yeah. You know, do I live a great life? Yes. Do I have a great, you know, family? Do I have a great friend? Yes. There's so much in my life that's great. But as a human being, if I'm going to continue to grow and expand, I'm going to face challenges. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, as I'm thinking, as you're talking, you're one of the most authentic leaders out there who are just you're and real that I, you know, in my circle and that I see, um, yeah, you don't have, you, you know, you are, and I, I guess you've gotten comfortable from, of just 
being real about it. And what was your, I'm sure that, you know, it's funny, like we, on our journey, when we're becoming a life coach and when we want to help others and when we want to do our own self-help, be, being able to be real and talk about the shit that we're going through, that's a journey in itself and being vulnerable. Totally. So how did you make yourself more able to do that and to be more real and real? That's a great question. I think part of it goes back to, you know, growing up in an environment where everyone wore a mask. And there was a part of me that was very, it wasn't, that wasn't in alignment for me, although I did it, you know, for a long time. It was important to, for me to show up real because then I felt more authentic. Like it didn't feel good to just wear a mask and say everything's okay. It felt better. And then what I noticed is like once I started opening up and then I started having these deeper conversations and that's what fueled me. So I think, thank you for that awareness. Once I started to be, you know, real and start opening up, then I started to have better conversations and I started to connect. So I think it's in that connection. Cause you know, if anyone who knows me and is close to me and has spent time with me knows that connection to me is golden. Yeah. And so that's what I found. And, and, you know, first of all, it felt out of alignment. You know, I didn't want to wear the mask anymore. And then I found as I became vulnerable, having these connections was really what fueled me. And that's, that's the thing right there is connecting. Yeah. You're vulnerable. You connect at a very different, deeper level. It, it's so true. I think of Brene Brown and that, that uh, video that she did that it had a huge effect on me, like a, a real effect. Um, and I, I remember reading about like, she wasn't planning to do that either. Mm-hmm. And what she was going to do, I, I have my dog in here and she's like licking her, you know, she's making noises. So that's got, I guess. I can't hear it. I guess that's got to be part of the, if it, you know, if you hear hey, it. It's real. Yeah. Um, the, you know what, when I first started doing podcasts, that used to make, that would make me uncomfortable. Like, ah, uh, you know, so we have these perfectionist things too. Right. right. There she goes. But anyway, um, that isn't that cool. Like as you do this more and more and you, you allow yourself to become vulnerable then you don't worry about imperfections and things like that. No, I mean, I am not going to front, you know, (laughs) I still have perfect pictures pop up and, you know, I still have, we're human. Like I still have imposter syndrome, the perfect pictures. I'm, I get afraid, you know, I was on a podcast earlier and I had a little bit of fear because that perfectionism is still here somewhere, but it doesn't take me over. Yes. Yeah. So did you have a process, um, you know, when we, let's, let's say we're doing videos or you're on a podcast when you first start and you have fear pop up and maybe before you do a video and working on a video, I mean, that has been a journey for me, you know? So did you have a process or a tool that you use to kind of, when, when the fear came up for you? Yeah. So I do the self-talk, like I talk about in the book. And I also set intention for how I envision, you know, the podcast um, to unfold. So my process is, you know, kind of, I I do a little uh, prayer or meditation 
quick. It doesn't take long. And then I set the intention for how I'd like it to unfold. And then I remind myself, you know, it is what it is. Like we're all, like I said, imperfectly flawed. And if I screw up, then I'm learning something. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Thanks for sharing that. And so, you know, the, the, uh, the back to the Brene Brown, uh, she wasn't planning. She was planning to just share statistics about vulnerability. And then she said, well, why don't I just, if I'm talking about vulnerability, why don't I just share? And then she just kind of opened up and talked about all her fears. And, and when you, when you're, when you mentioned about connection, Mm -hmm. that is the best way to connect. And it seems counterintuitive, right? It, 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 It seems when we have a fear of being vulnerable and we have, we, I guess we have a fear about being judged or whatnot. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, so for me to get to where I am today and, and, and launch the book now, this is all hindsight. I had to really heal a lot of that. Like I could not have, you know, launched this book without, you know, healing my fear of judgment. Now, do I, do I still, have, oh my God, I'm going to get judged. And it doesn't, do I feel something I do, but I, I let it go because I like we, I wouldn't have been able to move forward in the judgment because I would have just been weighed down by the fear and I wouldn't have been able to, you know, show up today or, or show up at my book launch because judgment is all around us. Totally. Yeah. And I noticed it just in my journey, just, just kind of doing it, even though you have fear. I mean, not if you have this big uh, intuition that says, don't do it. I, I don't do that. I listen to my intuition or, you know, if I have a feeling I'm not going to do it for the most part, but um, what has helped me is just doing it despite the fear, like mm-hmm. the, the podcast um, or video and just be accepting that you're not going to be perfect. And you, you are going to be, you are going to screw up. And like speaking in public was a huge thing for me. And so um Knowing that, oh, okay, I can pause or I might forget what I'm going to say and forget my place. And, and, you know, it's funny when you're, when you're speaking in public, a, a, a short pause seems like forever too, but then how do you, how do you get through that? You do it. And then, and then you look back and you go, okay, I didn't die. I'm still alive. <laughs> it wasn't perfect and it's okay. And then you look back and you go, well, you know, that pause, people pause too. So it's all that stuff. Yeah. And and for me, it was more like, okay, it's like me sitting on the couch, having a conversation with you. So if I'm sitting on the couch, having a conversation with you, it's typically not going to be structured. And I might pause for a very long time, or I might, you know, mince my words. And so, you know, that's what helped me in my podcast. It was like, okay, like I'm like me sitting down on a couch with you and having a conversation. And that really, you know, when I first started eased, you know, um, the fear that I had. And that's how I look at it every time. Like I'm meeting you on the couch or in a restaurant and we're going to have a conversation. That's a great way to think about it. I love that. So can you talk to us about um, what made you want to write the book? What, how did the ideas first come up? And then what was that process like for you? Mm. So when you, you know, when, um, I first got into coaching, the recommendation was, you know, write a book to be more credible. 
And I'm the type of person that I, I can't do anything unless I feel like inspired to do it. So it took me a couple of years and finally I was inspired. And I just said, you know what? I wanted to combine the practical and the spiritual, you know, because I, I really believed in the laws of attraction. And I said, that's what my book's going to be about. And I'm going to kind of pick what were the main concepts that helped me. And I said, okay, I could do this. So just kind of outlined those things, you know, that helped me. And it took, you know, I guess from, you know, from the time I thought about writing a book to the time I was dead, it was five years. However, I finished it during the pandemic. Um, well, I, I did most of it during the pandemic and then kind of put the pedal on it, you know, the last year to get it launched. And I was just guided every step of the way. If you told me, you know, five, 10, 20 years ago, as a child, that was never like, I never thought I'm going to write a book ever. Um, so you talk about the universe and being divinely guided. I mean, I've been divinely guided every step of the way and I have no idea how I got here. I don't even know. This was not what I had planned for my life, but I'm so grateful yeah. and so humbled and it's been incredible. So the universe always knows better than, than we do, honestly. Yeah, totally. Now, um, did you have a process like I'm going to write every day or, you know, my, or 10 to 12, I'm going to write or, or whatnot, or did you wait for inspiration? How was that for you? That's a great question. Definitely. 90% of the time I really needed to be inspired. I mean, there were times that I had to get a chapter out and um, I didn't feel inspired, but once you start writing, it just comes automatically. And I think the last year when I was like, I just want to get this out. I talked to my publisher and I said, listen, I want to submit a chapter a month to you. And she said, that sounds like a great plan. And so that's what I started to do. I started to get a chapter a month. Now during the summer times, it wasn't, you know, I think I missed some time because I wanted, didn't want to put the pressure on myself, but I set, I set a goal with her and she held me accountable and I held myself accountable. And, and that's how, how we did it. Wow. And we set a launch date a year ahead of time. Wow. So I wanted to launch 11, 11, 22. So in uh, November of 2021, when I saw that date was available on a Friday, I said, I'm taking it. Wow. And, yeah. That's pretty cool. It was very cool. So um, were you always, did you always enjoy writing when you were younger? I wouldn't say I enjoyed writing. However, you know, that was my way of, of coping. It's like I journaled a lot mm -hmm. and to this day, I still journal, you know, not as often as I'd like. Um, but I go through phases. So if I told you, did I like to write? I'd never thought about liking to write, but I did it as a way to cope. Right. Did you write a lot? I did. When I was younger, I had journals and journals and I used to write down my goals. And it's funny. I found some old journals from my parents a while ago. I wish I knew where they were now. And the goals that I had written down, like I achieved like over 95% of what I had written, um, Wow. what I wanted to do. And so there's definitely magic in writing things down. Yeah. Very cool. And so now as far as organizing it, because journaling is one thing, but writing a book is another, like organizing it and figuring out what the chapters are going to be and figuring out what's going to be in it. 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, that would be so overwhelming for me. So, and so I wanted to ask you how that was for you. And also, did you have someone like a friend or someone else you can let them, you know, bounce off your ideas and let them read some stuff? Like, how was that part of it for you? You know, no, I didn't. I, 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 so I thought back like, okay, on my journey, you know, on my, I mean, it's more been more than 20 years. I mean, I started reading Tony Robbins when I was 15, but um, I just thought about, okay, on my journey, what was the first concept that I stepped into me that I stepped into that kind of led me. And so that's what I did. I think the first one was self-love. Um, and then I, I can't remember, but you know, I, that's how I, that's how I laid it out. And so as you can see, there's a progression, it starts, you know, with, okay, what's the first step? Well, we have self-love, self-care. And then by the time we come to the end, you know, I don't want to give it away. Um, it goes into the higher level concepts, right? Because in chapter one, who I was in chapter one, I wouldn't have understood, you know, the concept in the later chapter. I had to really start here mm. for myself. Wow. So, it, you know, it almost seems like the way that you write, the way that you wrote the book and your content is very authentic and real, but even the way you organized it, like there's not a lot of um, pushing or trying to figure something out. Or um, like there's no modeling that you're following really of how you should do it. There's not a lot of shoulds or structure. You just followed your your ideas and then it came for you, huh? I'm, 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 thank you for that. Because I'm laughing because as you know, we come into a new year and I was thinking about business and you hear all these, you should do this and you should do that. And for, you know, I started throwing the shoulds out the window in 2022 <laughs> and- and, you know, you can be successful. Are there formulas? Sure. Are there things you, but as long as you have the intent and you feel in alignment, you can create success or write a book or run a business in a way that feels right for you. And I think we get stuck in the shoulds. I think the shoulds really keep us from doing, you know, from, from moving forward. It's yeah. overwhelming. There's too many shoulds. I mean, boy, that's one another reason why I resonate so much with you because it totally and you know, my, and my journey too as, um, just as a life coach and and as a entrepreneur and and in business, I used to grind too, and I read all those different ways of getting clients and having an email list and getting, you know, you talk to a hundred people and then ten are gonna be interested and three will say yes and all that stuff you exactly. know exactly it's overwhelming it, it's overwhelming have- it tires you and it's actually slows you down in my opinion it totally and and that's how i did business you know and i know i talk about this in the book because that's how i was taught and it was a numbers game and it's you know it still is you still need to talk to people and, and do take action like we need to take action we need to know. take action um but there came a point where i was like oh my goodness like this is overwhelming I need to stop and run my own race. And if I'm just intentional and I focus on building relationships, I'll be successful and the business will come. And it did, you know, and again, I'm taking it back to the basics in business this year as well. And it's about the quality of the interactions that we have. Yeah. And then the intention and the energetics, like, do I need to take action? Yes. Yeah. And 
you know, our journey of grinding, it's, it's, it helps to get us to where we, sure. you know, where we are and we pick up different things. But when I, I transferred over from the shoulds to, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to run my business law of attraction approach. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, again, uh, I'm going to act on inspiration instead of motivation, which, which is shoulds. And so um, things get so much easier and clearer, kind of like when you're talking about how you wrote that book. And when we try, when we, when we're working from inspiration, we have the power of the universe and we're connecting with, you know, I believe our inner selves who, who is always with us, who's connected to the universe when we're waiting for that inspiration. And here's the funny thing I found in my life. You don't always get inspiration when you, when you want it. Sometimes you're not inspired and you wish you were, or you think you should be again, the shoulds. And so what do you do in that? You relax into it and you're okay when you're not inspired. Mm -hmm. So how's your journey been with that? Like the the idea of waiting for inspiration instead of acting from maybe motivation or should. It will. It hasn't been an easy journey because again, I was taught to hustle and grind and 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 I'm I'm learning now like I can incorporate the hustle and grind at yeah. my choice. Right. You know, and and it doesn't feel like a hustle and grind because I'm choosing it. Um right. You know, there are times that I'm not inspired and and I do take action. However, like I said, in the in the last year I did the experiment where I was like, okay, like I'm just gonna allow myself to be and I'm not going to push. And I wanted to see what I could create. And it was a successful experience. It was a successful experiment because I didn't work as much and the business was still solid. Right. I was putting energy though in being and having fun in connecting. And I was still thinking about business, but I didn't make business my only focus. Yeah. And I said, okay, like it, it, it worked. Yeah. And now I'm rejuvenated and refreshed where I'm like, you know what? Like now I'm ready. Like I want to put my focus on business in 2023. And I've learned like, okay, I can I put a little bit of focus here and some focus here. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And that's a mentality I had with the hustle and grind it was all or nothing. Yeah. And I took pride in that. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's, it is much easier. It can be scarier but when you kind of let go, things flow easier. Ideas come. And for me, business got better, you know, and it's just, you, you're not as tired and worn out. That's because true. the other way is, is always thinking and problem solving. What, what should I do? What's my next move? What's my, what should I do? How am I going to bring in money? Cause it's not easy to be an entrepreneur. I get how am it. I going to do How am I going to bring in more money? How am I going to client? Boy, I mean, that even thinking about that is kind of stressful because it can wear on you week after week, month after month, year after year. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for 24 years in a very challenging business. You know, my main business was staffing and 75% of, you know, people fail in that industry within the first six months to a year. And I've been doing it for 24 years. I've been through three recessions. The one in 2009 one was, cha- was very challenging um, through the pandemic. And now, you know, I'm experiencing a little bit of um, the challenge based what's on going on outside of us. 
in 2009, when I experienced whatever, you know, the economic crisis, I was devastated that January and it felt so challenging and it felt so heavy. Well, going into this January, I'm feeling, you know, the effect of the economic crisis. However, my mindset's very different. And I'm so grateful for that because, you know, back in 2009, it felt terrible and it felt heavy, but, you know, in this, this time around, I'm like, you know what? I know what I need to do. And I know the universe is great and I trust and I'm in a better place. I'm smarter. And so instead of worrying and focusing on, oh my God, what's going to happen the next few months, I've been scheduling podcasts, you know, connecting, you know, with my staff and clients, connecting with my coaching clients and just keeping it moving instead of ruminating on the fear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to, uh, I want to talk about it. That's okay. You have some health uh, challenges for you. And I think you were doing it while you're writing the book, right? And that, can you, and you share that journey with me? Do you mind sharing some of that? For sure. For sure. Yeah. So I was super excited. You know, I finished the book's manuscript and we had an incredible 4th of July weekend, um, you know, with family and friends. So I submitted the manuscript on July 5th. And I had just kind of, you know, pour my heart out. I, I was so excited. I went from effed up to fabulous and just broke generational cycles. And, and you know, I could have been a statistic, statistic and I wasn't. And then literally two weeks later, and I was in great health. I'm very fit. And then two weeks later, um, I get a call from the doctor because I had these two growths on my neck. And so they biopsy those growth. And it turned out that um, it looked like they were cancerous growths on my thyroid and I had to have a complete thyroidectomy. So that news came on July 19th, literally two weeks after I submit my manuscript, I pour my heart out. I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm like, WTF. But what an incredible experience and journey. And I do talk about it, you know, in the book, in the epilogue, um, had I not been practicing those concepts, I wouldn't have been able, you know, to be as healthy, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, as I was the night before going into surgery to have the thyroidectomy. So I have the thyroidectomy and remember that was September 1st. While I'm going through the healing process, I need to go through the manuscript the draft that the publisher keeps sending back to me three times. Like I have to go through the entire thing three different times while I'm making an effort to heal. And anyone who's been had a thyroidectomy, like it's effed up, like your energy's shot. You can't push through it. Like you get to a wall, you cannot. And my publisher said, do you want to change the launch day? And I said, no, I picked this day, 11, 11, 22 last year. Like I'm going to do this because I don't want you to push. I said, I'm going to do this. And I did it. And we launched on 11, 11, 22. Um, was it easy? No, but was I determined? Did I set the intention? Did I, did I stay in that alignment and use the principles? Hell yeah. Cause if not, no way I could have done it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like you finish the book and then you have this, this news and you, use the principles in the book to help yourself in a way, right? I had to go back to the basics. Yeah. It so was, it was, you, it was mm -hmm. incredible. It was an incredible seven weeks of, 
Um, and no, I did not share it, you know, because that, we had some family events coming and I didn't want that to be the topic, but it was incredible seven weeks of just even more healing and, and, and just, I, I feel like, like we're constantly rising and we're constantly being able to reinvent ourselves. And that was a time for me, like to really step in and rise and feel like I shed the old me and yeah. I stepped into the new me. Uh, that's uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, you know, as we look at what happens and we, and we say there's no accidents and the, the, the fact that you found out about this a few weeks after you finished the manuscript, what did you think about that timing and what it meant? And absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. I mean, there were you, so many synchronistic events that unfolded from, from the time that I submitted the manuscript to the, yeah, it was not a coincidence. And what do you think about that? What, why, why did it happen after why not during, or, you know, what's going on there? If you, that's a great question. I think, you know, I, that's a great question. Let me think about it. Yeah. Why? You know, I think things unfold as they're meant. I don't think I would have been ready. But, but, you know, it's like our spirit knows. Right. And it's like we're just continuously divinely guided to the next step. Yeah. So I couldn't, you know, had I not gotten to where I was and submitted that book and felt so great, then got the diagnosis. I don't know if I would have been able to navigate it, you know, as well as I did. Yeah, it's so cool. And, you know, you're kind of going through it pretty fast, but you were really challenged. I mean, you've told me about the challenges and your and your the the low energy and the days. I mean. <clears throat> I had a conversation with uh, my doctor and she was surprised. Like when I showed up, but I was like, okay. And she said, you know, you must be someone who's very um, motivated. She said, this is remarkable because I've never seen numbers so high. And I want you to know what you're going up against every day is a cement wall. I was like, <laughs> I just gave my, like, I just started crying because I didn't realize you know, the extent of what I was going up against, like I would just get up and do the best I could each day, you know, while I was healing, because I didn't want to just lay in bed. Yeah. But again, it goes back to the power of our mind. Like I'm no different than anyone else. Yeah. We all have that power within us. Yeah. All right, Grace, when's the next book? What's it called? Like, you know, when's the deadline? When, you know, <laughs> when's it coming out? It's unfolding. It's all unfolding. I mean, this, when the second, you know, I call it the second act. I'm living the second act right now. Yeah. And as the second act unfolds, I will begin to start, you know, putting the pen to the paper. Yeah. Well, I think you should get started pretty soon. Just kidding. Um. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, I've been I've been journaling because I was um, telling a friend. I, sh I really wish I journaled when I was um healing because the the manifestations that transpired like no one would believe it but you know i just i didn't i wish i did but everything's hindsight well <clears throat> you know i just think of if you if your next book and you're going to share your journey uh it's going to be even more and just so much more inspiring and so much more you know sharing your badassness and 
how you got through it. And thank you, thank you. Well, I'm blessed. I have incredible, you know, people in our life. We have an incredible community. Yeah. Um, the amount of you know encouragement and love and support I received has been just humbling. And I'm I'm very grateful. It does take a community. It takes a tribe. This is not something that you know you do on your own. For sure. Um, yeah, Grace. So, how can people find you? What's the best way? Because I know we, you have you have Instagram, you have Facebook, you have your podcast. You have what? What do you think? How can people find you? You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Just Grace Redman. I'll pop up. And you can also, if you're interested to, you know, connect with me, you can find me um, on my website at www.daretoachieve.com. Yes, ma'am. So just Grace Redman, how it's spelled, how it sound, it's spelled like how it sounds. Nothing fancy there. Yeah. And then your books on Amazon and where else? Yes, it's on Amazon. Uh, right now it's on Amazon. So you can yeah. get it there. And it's Can I Live? Dare to Go from Effed Up to Fabulous. And you can also tune into my podcast, Real Talk with Grace Redmond. So right on. Uh, yeah. You, so anyone listening, um, just buy the book, check it out. You know, um, I'm not just saying this to promote my friend Grace, but it's so good. And uh, and again, it's so real. And it, it, it's poignant and at the same time, simple. You know, I think of like a Bob Marley song. Like Bob Marley's music, it's simple, but it's deep at the same time. And that's how I felt about your book. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And like I said, um, thank you to God. I'm so grateful. Like I never anticipated to be here. So you never know what's ahead in in life. So you could create whatever you choose. Right on, Grace. Well, I I enjoyed this. Thanks. Thanks for being on the podcast. I love chatting with you, Marky Mark. I always love it, Grace. Thanks for joining us on the Tap It Out podcast with Mark Shahada. We hope you enjoyed it. Catch you next time.